0: What is up everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Tuesday, December 15th, 2020. Thank you for tuning in today. Well, right after I recorded Sunday's podcast, or technically Monday's podcast, we recorded it on Sunday. News broke that after a hundred and five years of maintaining the same nickname, the Cleveland Indians will be changing their team nickname starting. In the 2022 season, a lot of people are like really upset by that. Why not just change it now? And like, it is silly, but from a marketing standpoint, you know, they're going to do the whole one last ride, one last round of merchandise. They're going to have the, the farewell tour for the Cleveland Indians. And, and that's, I guess, to be expected and understandable from a marketing standpoint. You know, there are certain things on this show that are very easy for me to talk about. I could really, as much as I may not enjoy it sometimes, I could really spend five hours every single day just just going off about how frustrated I am with the state of the Detroit Tigers. That stuff is easy. Coming on here and talking about baseball for 15 minutes, to me, is easy. This is a story that, personally, I find difficult to cover because you are naive if you don't believe that, this story is something that started beyond just baseball. This is a result of the culture that we're living in now. And this is where it gets tough because I've gotten several one-star negative reviews on this program of people saying that I get too political. And you know what? In the summer when the, the George Floyd protests and stuff were happening, you know what? I did. And I, I apologize for that. I also think we were in the middle of, a, of labor negotiations. There was no baseball going on. I wanted to talk about something, and I get it. Me simply coming on here and saying that we don't know what the results of the election are, and people giving me a one-star review because of that, I think that's a thats a little bit ridiculous. Like, that's essentially, go ahead and just, you can plug your ears and go, nah, 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 all you want, but at a certain point, you know, the people who host these shows were not robots. We got to acknowledge the reality of the situation. So this is a story that's tough for me to talk about, because it becomes a political thing. Here's the one thing... That I will say, and I, I believe that this is absolute truth. Every person out there who is really angered by this, every person out there who believes that this is a sad result of woke culture will forget about this in three years once they've changed the name and moved on to be whatever nickname they've decided to be. I do understand the attachment. Complete I do, really, because like let's say tomorrow the tigers were to announce we're gonna be changing our name. The 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 tiger name is offensive to all those animals and zoos that get held in cages and we've decided to change the name. My initial reaction would be one of surprise. You know, I I we are as fans attached to the hometown, but we are attached to the nickname as well. I understand it, but pretty quickly I would say, All right. We'll move on. That's fine. Whatever. Because, in my opinion, the Detroit part of Detroit Tigers is a hell of a lot more important than the Tigers part. And it's going to be the same way with Cleveland Indians. And Cleveland especially—and I'm not—really, I'm not even just saying this because I have kind of an attachment to that place— I think Cleveland is a top three to five sports city in America, and they're going to be just fine. The fans there are going to be every bit as passionate as they've always been with whatever the new nickname may be. Now, with that said, Dolan and the owners of that team have a very difficult task. They are changing something that has been in place for 105 years. And before I talk about what the name should be changed to or what I think it will be changed to, I do have to say I think it's only a matter of time until the Atlanta Braves get their name changed. And again, because I don't want I do not want people to think this I'm making this a political thing because I'm not. I'm not getting political. But you have to look at recent trends and acknowledge that with the Washington football team getting their name changed and now the Cleveland Indians getting their team name changed, it's got to be a matter of time until the Atlanta Braves get theirs changed as well. And it will affect mainly professional sports teams, I believe. There are college teams that have similar nicknames, and, and I actually have some experience with this. I went to Central Michigan, the Central Michigan Chippewas. There was a period in which there were there were kind of whispers about them potentially getting their name changed, but what ultimately happened is they met up with uh, some of the Native Americans uh, that lived around there, and they, they came to an agreement that they could continue to use the Chippewa nickname, but they had to teach... X number of Native American studies courses. You obviously, this is not a university. It's an organization. It's a professional sports team. And if there is enough pushback, whether you agree with it or not, it is fact that Based on recent trends, the Atlanta Braves name will probably get changed at some point in the near future as well. Now, in terms of what they should change their name to, everyone jumped out to Cleveland Spiders and immediately started posting logos. Which, admittedly, the the Cleveland C, which they updated after they changed that uh, Chief Wahoo mascot logo updating that with kind of the spider logo on the edge I was like hey that looks that looks pretty cool you know you've heard of, what about the Cleveland baseball team that everyone everyone made that joke my god everyone thought they were just being so clever making those jokes what do I think they'll change it to I mean spiders is an obvious choice but I don't think spiders is a very good nickname for a baseball team now tigers really isn't either but that fits right like that fits and, and there's a lot of weird nicknames out there that we just kind of accept to be a nickname and to be a part of that particular team's culture. So they can change it to whatever they want. I believe it would be best for them to change it to something that is interwoven with the culture of, of the city of Cleveland. I believe whether it be something that has to do with rock and roll, something that has to do with the industry they have there, something that has to do just with the the DNA of the city, I think that would probably be the smartest move, and it would be probably the easiest for the fan base to accept and to swallow. So, yeah, I did want to discuss this. It was the biggest piece of baseball news that came out over the weekend. No matter where you fall on the issue, you can't deny that it is – it's a hot button. I mean, it's it's worth talking about, and I, I hope with this first segment uh, people didn't turn this thing off thinking I was getting political because it's po- reporting facts is not politicizing something. It's simply reporting facts, and I believe that's kind of what I tried to do here in segment one. So when I come back, we're going to stop talking about a team's nickname, and we're going to talk about a little bit of baseball news, and I'm going to discuss A.J. Hinch's comments that he made on uh, MLB Radio the other day. We'll be right back. NBA fans, listen up. The Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcasts all of this week, plus waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. I'll be tuning into the preview of Locked On Pistons. I've talked to those guys before. They do an excellent job on that podcast. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get podcasts. And we're back, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in. There was one small free agent signing that went down yesterday. The Boston Red Sox, who were terrible last year, and I do have to throw that out there, because when we talk about the Tigers and who they have and have not been able to sign over the last several years, we're looking at a Red Sox team that many people believe is a rebuilding team, but Hunter Renfro, who last year played for the Tampa Bay Rays in 42 games, signed a one-year deal with the Boston Red Sox. Renfro, 776 career OPS, does mash. I mean, in 2019, in 140 games, 778 OPS, only a 216 Batting average and a two eighty nine OBP, which is pitiful, but he can rake. I mean, 19 doubles, 33 home runs, 64 RBIs. He had 68 with an eight oh five OPS the year before in 2018. Going to be 29 this season. Look, do I think he's that good? I mean, no, he was, he was pitiful last year. He had a six forty five OPS in 42 games. Had a zero war. Did help the Rays and get to the World Series. Hit a, a home run in the, in the wild card round. Smacked, I believe it was a grand slam off of Hyunjin Ryu in that series but you know not a great player but again uh, what the thing I talked about yesterday was a point that I'm gonna stand by all offseason which is look if you don't want to sign any big time free agent if you don't want to lock on to big time targets which I think is completely ludicrous considering we're five years into this stupid rebuild but if you don't want to do that your goal should be targeting inexpensive players with a lot of upside. I think one of the issues this organization has run into, and I, I talked about this a bit yesterday, but I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat it, is that they've signed a lot of guys to one year deals who were Toast or if they weren't toast, the numbers they gave you, that the performances they gave you when they put on a Tigers uniform were reflective of the players we kind of expected them to be. Nobody expected Francisco Liriano to put up all star numbers, right? Leonis Martin was solid. I think Mike Fires was probably the best of that bunch. Mike Fires, who was, I believe, in his early thirties. At the time, still had some good baseball left in him. Had you know, obviously very odd circumstances there in Houston. Got blown up in the latter part of 2017, which really hurt his value. But besides that, you signed a lot of guys who are in their early to mid 30s who have kind of already had their best days. I mean, somebody like Jordy Mercer never really had a prime. He was always a, a average to below average. Major league player, but if I think this year is which you kind of look at, I believe is something of a bridge season. I guess I think it would kind of help your standing with the fans to be like, look, we're not going to splurge and sign Rian Muto or Springer, but we're going to get some one-year guys who we believe have a lot of upside, like, to be honest, what you did last year. though they should have gone further, and I, I hope they do this year. Last year, they signed two players with some upside who are some pretty good hitters. I think this year, if they have the possibility, they should sign like five, especially this year where things are weird and you have guys like Schwerber and Dahl and Rosario getting non-tendered guys with a lot of upside who are still in their 20s who can still mash and hit home runs. The market is absolutely there for you to sign inexpensive players and still have a competitive baseball team next season. It is completely up to Al Vila and Chris Illich whether or not they want to make those moves. Last thing we're going to talk about today, A.J. Hinch made some comments. So where were? Where did he make these comments? I think I said at the end of the first segment he made them on MLB Network Radio. Yeah, he was, he was on SiriusXM talking about this stuff. And look, A.J. Hinch is a great communicator and a great speaker, I mean, just listening to him talk, and I know this team isn't going to be good, but I remember uh, watching the interview he did with Dan Dickerson after he was hired by the Tigers, and you're like, it, you you forget all of what's gone on. You forget how bad the team has been. You forget about this rebuild. Just listening to him talk, you're like, man, this team's going to win 90 games. I mean, you believe in what he's saying. I thought the comments he made to, to Dan when he said, look, I don't know what kind of team we're going to have. I don't know how good we're going to be. A lot of that stuff is kind of out of my control, but I know we can win tomorrow, and it's like, man, that's a heck of a mindset to have, and he even talked about that uh, today on SiriusXM. He said, "The and, and quote, we want to win. The bottom line is the mindset has to change, and we have to start talking about winning." Now, I I don't want to read too much into this, but I can't help but feel like that quote is maybe a bit of a thinly veiled shot at the culture of this organization. Over the last several seasons. And I, maybe it's not, maybe that's wishful thinking on my part because I really do want AJ Hinch to just come in here with this great staff and shake things up. But one thing I've alluded to in the past is that I think the culture here is kind of a culture of loserdom. And I've talked about the Padres, I've talked about the Cubs, and even, you know, I we, this is always tainted, but even the Astros, when they were rebuilding their system, you can lose a lot of games and still maintain a winning culture. You can still have a culture of accountability, a culture of growth, where you have these young guys that are coming up through the system that you're holding accountable, that you're, you're watching go through the minor league system and go through their lumps at the major league level that you're trying to make sure that you get the most out of these guys. And you do that by hiring good pitching and hitting coaches, hiring a good manager. I don't feel like that's been there over the last several years. Now, I don't blame Ron hire for that. I don't really even blame Rick Anderson for that. Those guys filled the roles that the organization told them to fill. I, I never thought they were really the right guys for the job, but considering what they were asked to do, fine you know I'm not gonna call it a success but I can't call it a failure it was a failure because the organization made it a failure but AJ Hinch is a, a positive guy he's he's a winner and what no matter what you believe about what happened in Houston this is a guy who's been really successful and has won a lot of games and surrounds himself with an inner circle of people who believe in what he has to say and I think that. You look at some of the comments that Avila has made. You look at some of the comments when he has spoken. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Chris Illich has actually spoken ever. I haven't heard him talk in like three years, but you kind of listen to what they have to say. They do not come across like guys who run a tight ship here they don't look like guys who who have flipped the switch and want to have that kind of winning mindset. But even outside of that, and this is what I said when the Tigers hired Hench and I'll stand by it. And he said a lot more, but it was just that quote about changing the mindset that really appealed to me because I think that when you are awful, which is where this team has been over the last several years, you stew in that awfulness. And I think you lose the belief that you even know how to win. I think the culture with him in the clubhouse will change here. As he said before, I, I don't know how good their team is going to be. In fact, I'm pretty sure they're going to be pretty darn awful, but I think this team will go into every game believing that they can win. And when you have a young team, when you have a young roster, when you have a lot of rookies, I mean, this pitching staff next season is going to be made up of two or three guys that are going to be that are going to be in their first full years at the major league level. When you have all of that, just running with the belief of, hey, we can win tomorrow— that's a good start. Now, the rest of the gaps are going to have to be filled by the organization. I, I think A.J. Hinch has all the tools as a manager to do a wonderful job here, but a good manager can only do so much. You know, I, I think managers are more important than some people say they are. Like, to me, a manager is probably responsible for, I don't know, five wins a season. But as we saw during the osmos era, those five wins can be the difference between winning your division and being out of a postseason spot. You know, this is the honeymoon phase. He hasn't managed a game. He has, he has yet to see how probably awful this team is going to be next year, but he's saying and doing all the right things. And again, people were worried about this since he's been hired. Has that many people have that many people really talked about his attachment with the Astros cheating stuff? I, I mean, I think by year two, we'll, uh, we'll look at AJ Hinch's, the Detroit Tigers manager. A majority of people will forget about him as the guy who was the manager for an Astros team in 2017. I think that will stick with the players, a lot more than that will stick with the manager going forward. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter if I were if I was on Twitter. You could follow me there at Castellani twenty fourteen. I haven't tweeted in uh, several weeks now, uh, but you can follow this show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five star review of this program. That would be much much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. I'll be right back here tomorrow to talk a little bit more Tigers news, a little bit more baseball news. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.